HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. The following program has been brought to you by Kane Vineyard and Winery. Kane Vineyard and Winery supports Heritage Radio and the growing movement to change how Americans eat and how we think about our planet. For more information, visit www.kane5.com. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby, broadcast live to the cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Anne Saxelby. My co-host and uh, producer is Sophie Schlesinger. Hello. And uh, today we are going to be talking, uh, we're going to be continuing actually our State of Cheese series, which we kind of have uh, been... We had a little break. We had a little (laughs) break. Yeah, we were exploring some different stuff. Um, But I think it's really appropriate that we're back to the State of Cheese because October is American Cheese Month. Sure is. The first ever American Cheese Month, um, uh, the American Cheese Society actually uh, designated that and... um, it's been made official by at least one state. The governor yeah. of Colorado has procre- has procre- proclaimed it <laughs> so official. You, so you know it's real. Yeah. Um, so there are a bunch of great things going on for American Cheese Month um, here in New York City. Um, there is actually a passport program happening where uh, 11 different stores are participating. Uh, you can go to each of those stores, purchase an American Cheese Month passport for $10. Uh, the $10 is donated to the American Cheese Education Fund, which is a sister organization to the American Cheese Society. Um and then that passport entitles you to a 40% discount on the cheese of the day. And um, each shop is going to be featuring a different cheese for every day during the month of October. So it's a great way to um, try new cheeses um, or get some great cheese at a steal for, for a dinner party. Yeah. Um, you can find out who's participating at cheesemonth.com. And you can find out more about American Cheese Month and uh, events all around the country at AmericanCheeseMonth.org, which is a site yep. run by the American Cheese Society. And if you're on Twitter, it's a uh, hashtag AmCheeseMonth, A-M Cheese Month. You can see uh, what everyone's up to. 
Cool. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff happening. Um, so we are going to lead off our show um, on the state of cheese in Missouri, talking with uh, the ladies of Green Dirt Farm. Um, I believe we have Jacqueline Smith on the line with us. Yes, I'm here. Thanks for having us. Oh, thanks for thanks for being on the show. Is, uh, is Sarah on the line as well? Yes, I'm here too. Thanks a lot. Welcome. Thank you guys for being on the show. Absolutely. Um, so can you tell us uh, a little bit about Green Dirt Farm, where you guys are located, um, and uh, how you guys got started? Uh, sure. Well, we're in uh, the northwest part of the state, a little bit north of Kansas City, and uh, we're a 100% grass-fed uh, sheep dairy. Um, we raise uh, dairy sheep, obviously. We, sheep them, we milk them here at the farm, and uh, we make cheese. And uh, Jackie manages the farm side, and I'm the cheesemaker. Fantastic. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so how, uh, how did you begin, um, you know, this endeavor to, to have the farm and, and uh, decide to become uh, farmers and cheesemakers? Well, um, Sarah and I, we uh, became friends about 13 years ago, and we had a lot of the same interest of wanting to become farmers, and we knew that if we were going to do any kind of a farming operation, we wanted to really focus on, on becoming a dairy. And when we started investigating it a lot, uh, we realized that sheep make such wonderful cheese, and there's not really a huge market for sheep milk in the United States right now. We wanted to kind of be leaders of that and bringing in the grass-fed aspects of it, too. So we decided that we were going to, to build a sheep dairy. So when we got started, we got started with about 20 Dorset ewes, and we actually um, tried to milk those Dorset ewes, and Dorsets are not milk sheep whatsoever. Um, <laughs> but we had this one head gate, and we milked them by hand one summer, and we took that milk back to our cheese or our kitchens in our house, and we started to explore the possibilities of making cheese and what that would kind of mean. And that was in 2000, I believe, um, when we started to really plan the business structure. And, and from 2000 until about 2008, we just practiced cheese making. We practiced learning how to farm, we learned how to be businesswomen, we learned how to grease the tractor, we learned all the essential things that needed to go into running a farm, a dairy, and a cheese-making operation. And then in 2008, we actually became a licensed facility in Missouri and were able to start selling our cheese throughout the United States. And so that was a really great um, accomplishment for us, and we're very proud and happy to be here now. Absolutely. Well, so my first question is, you know, you, you just like rattled off all those things like, you know, oh, and then we learned to grease the tractor and we learned to make cheese. That's really amazing. Where, <laughs> where did you learn this stuff? Who, who were your mentors and did you go to cheese making workshops or schools and, yeah. and how did it all kind of happen? Well, for the farming side, we, um, we visited as many farms as we possibly could and we talked to other dairy people and families about you know, how, how their dairies ran, and we became part of the Dairy Sheep Association of North America, and they're a great organization to kind of mentor us in, in developing a dairy. And, and then as far as making cheese workshops, and we travel to Wisconsin often and, and take wor- workshops to learn how to make cheese, and we also work with other cheesemakers and consultants to try to make the best product that we can. So, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of people who have supported us along the way, so thankful to have that. 
And I think uh, one of the things that you uh, mentioned in that list is um, becoming, you know, business people, business women. If you take a look at your, if people take a look at your website, it's quite impressive, all of the different programs that you do. Why did you decide, you know, it was important to have multiple initiatives? And I, I just think that's really smart. And um, I'm wondering if, if you could talk about that a little bit. Yeah, this is Sarah. We, um, we actually found pretty early on that uh, many of our customers from the farmer's markets really wanted to come up to the farm and see how we do things. And in and, and thinking it through, we realized, well, that is a great way to educate people about our cheese and about farmstead cheese making in general. And so we began to have uh, programs at the farm. We, we started with uh, cheese tasting events and farm table dinners, which are um, these fabulous dinners where we have a, a local uh, chef from Kansas City come up and create uh, menus around what's fresh and what's local. And, of course, we always have our own farm ingredients on the menu, the cheeses and our lamb. And then our cheese appreciation events are our cheese tastings where we pair uh, not just our own cheeses but other American artisanal cheeses with um, beers or wines or whatever we beverages we think taste really great with those cheeses. And we talk about the cheeses. Um, we talk about how they're made, what the flavors are in them, uh, and um, where they're from, and the, the farm practices that go into them, since we always try to really feature um, farmstead cheesemakers when possible. So, And are you guys going to be doing any special events for American Cheese Month? Well, we're, I know that we're planning to talk about it on our Facebook page, and, um, you know, we're doing... Uh, uh, we're hosting cheese appreciation event this month where we'll be talking about it and featuring, um, you know, that the idea of uh, American Cheese Month, which we think is a really a neat thing. Yeah, Very it's cool. it's fun. I'm exci- I'm really excited that they decided to do it because it's just a good excuse. I feel like for everybody to, you know, do do whatever they feel like doing, but getting their communities involved. Um, yeah. Well, another thing that I saw on the website that you guys do to get your community involved is you actually do cheesemaking classes? Yeah, we, we do workshops a couple times a year. We, we um, have partnered with um, the Kansas City Culinary Center, which is this uh, great place in Kansas City that is a, a kind of an event space plus a, uh, a kitchen workshop, and they have a wonderful kitchen space um, with plenty of uh, seating for people to sit down, and we have partnered with them to do workshops, and we've done a couple workshops outside of that. Sometimes we go um, to private homes and do private workshops for people, and they have a, a group of friends come in for a gathering, and we talk about cheese making and kinds of cheeses that people can make at home and um, what's easy to do, and and um, you know, we like to talk a lot about the science and the art of cheese making. I think that's fantastic because I, uh, you know, so many people are in, really interested in this, and like you said, the education piece. Um, you know, as you were talking about inviting people up from the farmers market to the farm, and then taking it one step further, yeah. actually letting people into the process. You know, is just a really great way to sort of spread the spread the curd. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, and and we've had a great response. We're almost all of our events are sold out, and um, many times months in advance. So we're really we've been really pleased with the response. People are really hungry to have that, um, you know, that contact with where their food is coming from right now, which has been a real boon to us as well. Yeah, Yeah. it seems like, you know, 2008 seems like a real watershed year. We talked to a lot of cheesemakers and Mm -hmm. and it seems like a lot of people finally became licensed and ready to go 
in 2008. Absolutely. Well, you know, we, we, it took us many years to build up sort of the gumption to get, you know, to, to, to overcome all the obstacles to, right. to really, you know, um, building our dream. Wow. And maybe um, I was wondering, too, if you could give like a, I don't know, top five, top three kind of list for new uh, cheesemakers and, and dairy farmers who are, you know, hoping to in- maybe increase their programming or just getting started or something like well, that. Well, Missouri, we've got some really great cheesemakers here in Missouri, and it's a state that is just starting to really develop some, some cheese, uh, a cheese market here. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in Kansas City area, there's not another cheese maker. Um, there, there's one other cow dairy that's making some cheese in the, in the Kansas City area, but as far as, like, um, up-and-coming cheesemakers, they're kind of far and few in between. But we really like um, Beijing Farms. I think that they've got some really great uh, goat's cheese that they're making, and they're just yeah. kind of located close to St. Louis. We're actually talking to them in about uh, three in just minutes. just a few minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Great. yeah they're, they're coming up with some really fantastic cheeses. Um, and then there's Goat's Beard Farm, too. It's in central Missouri, and they've got some and a wonderful blue cheese that's just incredible. And they're another great cheesemaker that's in Missouri. Are there any kind of, a, is there an official Missouri Cheesemakers Association, or are there any events that you guys have banded together to do as cheesemakers, or is it still kind of too early on for that? Well, we're working on that. We're, we're, we've been trying to uh, develop a cheesemakers guild, but we're so small, and there's so... Um, so few of us right now that it's really hard to get, you know, the kind of momentum going to keep an organization going. But we're, we are working on it. We, we, we um, all know each other. We talk fairly regularly. And um, one of these days we're going to get something going. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, so where do you guys um, sell most of your cheese? I, I know I saw at least one place on your website, the Bad Seed Farmer's Market, that looks very <laughs> cool. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great little local farmer's market for sure. But we really target direct customer sales as much as possible. We sell in the Kansas City area um, primarily as our, our focus group. But uh, we attend five different farmer's markets during the season. And so we're quite busy with cheese making, farming, and then going to the farmer's market. And um, we sell to a lot of local restaurants and local specialty stores. But we are just now starting to expand our our distribution, and we're in some places in St. Louis and Chicago and New York, too. So we are expanding, and then next year um, we will be milking more ewes and so have the capability of taking on more customers. So it's always such a great beginning of the season when we're looking at, you know, how much production we actually think the ewes are going to be making and then making those those milestones in the production and, and taking on more customers and expanding. So. All very exciting stuff. Um, well, unfortunately, we are out of time. Um, but if people want to learn more about Green Dirt Farm, um, do you guys uh, have a website or um, a place where people can go to learn more? Absolutely. We have, our, we have a website at uh, greendirtfarm.com and a Facebook page, too. So Great. thanks so them. much for having us. We've enjoyed it. Oh, no, thank you, guys. And yeah. keep up the good work. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Talk to you later. All right. When we come back from our break, we will be talking with more Missouri cheesemakers. Slumber time is coming soon. Rest your head on mommy's breast while daddy hums the tune. All the old folks were humming. Banjos were strumming. And the soft breezes sigh. 
As in days long gone by Oh, way down in Missouri Where I heard this melody When I was a little fellow on my mammy's knee The old folks were humming Banjos were strumming So sweet and low Hush by my baby Go to sleep on daddy's knee Journey back to Dixieland and dreams again with me Oh, it seems like your daddy was there once again And the old folks were humming that same old refrain Oh, way down in Missouri when I heard this lullaby while the stars were blinking and the moon was shining high All the old folks were humming, the banjos were strumming So sweet and low And with that lovely little lullaby, <laughs> we are back on Cutting the Curd. Uh, today, we are talking the state of cheese in Missouri. Yes. And uh, our first guests were from Green Dirt Farm. Um, our second guest is uh, Steve Beji from Beji Farms. And I apologize if I have mispronounced your name. No, you have it just correct. Oh, my gosh. Right. That is a great. <laughs> that's great news. Um, well, I have to say, I, I've... Um, I know that you, your farm, you guys always win tons of awards at the American Cheese Society Conference each year, and I can almost feel the announcer's trepidation before they <laughs> say the name of your farm because because they don't want to they don't want to mess it up. <laughs> well, it has been butchered quite a bit. Yeah. We're used to it, but um, you did remarkably well. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Well, having you know, Saxelby, I would get you know Saxelberry and all <laughs> kinds of inventive things over the years. So. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for taking time to be on the show with us today. Um, My pleasure. I was wondering if you could start off by telling our listeners a little bit um, about your farm and the types of cheese that you make. Well, um, we're a, a small, very small uh, farmstead creamery, um, and which means you know that we raise our own animals and make the cheese from that. Um, we um, mostly make French-style cheeses. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we make the fresh cheeses, and we call them Cor de la Creme. Uh, that would mean heart of the cream, and they're in a heart shape. Mm. And we season them with, um, well, we have the plain, of course, and then we season them with organically grown herbs, and then also some with fruits. And um, I'll just name them off. We have a three-pepper blend, which is red, white, and black peppercorns cracked fresh just before they're wrapped. We have a dill garlic chive, and then we have a cranberry orange. We have a Bavarian lemon cream. Um, for the, we make a few seasonal ones, um, such as a vanilla lime. It has lime and fresh ground vanilla beans in it, and it tastes like a key lime pie so like that for the summer. And then we also have a couple for the fall, which would be a cranberry cinnamon 
and also a pumpkin walnut. They're making me hungry. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, some of the sweeter ones are almost like a, eating a cheesecake. And they would be more dessert-type cheeses, and we give a lot of people recipes uh, to incorporate them into their cooking. Um, and then we also make several types of aged cheese. Um, we make a few washed rind cheeses. Um, one we call Fleur de Valet, that would mean flower of the valley. And that is basically a reblochon uh, recipe that um, is about an inch and a quarter thick, and about five inches in diameter. It's aged approximately 40 days. And that one seems like it would sort of pay a little bit of, uh, um, you know, homage to, to the area where your farm is located. I, I read on your website that yeah. the farm uh, or the area of Missouri where you guys are located was originally settled by French people. Yes. Um, the French came down from uh, Quebec uh, down the Mississippi, and I'm not exactly sure the year. It was in the later 1600s, I believe. Um, but St. Genevieve, the town of St. Genevieve, was incorporated as a city in 1735. And there is a lot of historic French architecture. Um, we have a lot of log buildings that have uh, vertical logs instead of horizontal logs. And there's a, I don't remember the type of truss system, but they have a, a special um, truss system for the roofs that was um, directly from, you know, the old world. That's and pretty unbelievable because, I mean, I, I feel like the rest of the Midwest was settled more in like the mid 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty, that's pretty remarkable. I, I myself grew up in Illinois, but I never knew about that, um, that heritage yeah. and that history. Yeah, we have, there's an island in the river um, just south of town um, called Kaskaskia Island. And it was originally part of Illinois. And in the flood of 1811, it was cut off. Uh, the river changed course, and now that part of Illinois is closer to the Missouri side, but it's an island, and uh, the king of France had given them a bell um, to this church. It was a Catholic church there, and uh, I believe it was 1649, something wow. like that, that was dated on the bell, and it's still there today. It's kind of interesting. Wow. Mm. Yeah, incredible, incredible history. Um. So, how did you uh, how did you get started um, making cheese? Was uh, were you uh, a farmer by background, or did you come to cheese uh, from a different route? Well, we had a small farm uh, in Illinois, and we uh, had basically grown all our own food. Um, my wife would can just an immense amount of jars of uh, fruits and vegetables, and even meats and um, sometimes milk, um, and put it up for the winter. And we, we raised all our own, you know, pork and sheep and goats and hogs and, you know, everything, chickens and turkeys. And we had everything but dairy, basically. And um, she wanted a cow, and we didn't need that much milk, so she came home with a goat. And uh, <laughs> it kind of grew from there, and we ended up with a few cows. But um, finally the goats won out and uh, <laughs> and now we're so busy we don't raise chickens or anything. <laughs> it's just goats. Wow! So the the goats, uh, the the cheese business side of things seems like it's just going really really well. 
it had it had gone really well um, in the beginning. She started making um, yogurts and things like that, and some of the simpler cheeses. And um, then, and my wife's the type where she'll read books and just absorb all kinds of information. And started, you know, bringing in books from libraries, having them order in books from you know all over the place about um, these French cheeses and different cheeses from all over the world. And uh, then we started going to the Vermont Institute for Artisan Cheese and also up in Wisconsin uh, to the University at River Falls, learning more and more about cheeses. And um, we got connected with a cheese consultant, uh, Neville McNaughton. You may have heard of him. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, but he's guided us with in a lot of ways also. And the cheeses have just progressed. And and when uh, when did you start making cheese as a licensed dairy? Well, we moved to Missouri in 2005. Um, basically, it was just a couple of hours of a move. But mm-hmm. we um, started building our plant, got it finished in 2007, and we began in 2007. Wow, that is that is phenomenal, and since then, I mean, the the accolades that you guys have uh, have won is just uh, yeah. is just incredible. Um, I know the American Cheese Society uh, once because I've attended a couple of the conferences. But can you tell our listeners about some of the other um, awards that your cheeses have won? Okay, I'll try. I don't have a list in front of me. <laughs> but, um, we did um, in two thousand nine. We sent cheeses to the Canary Islands to the World Cheese Awards. I believe that was the first time it was out of the U.K., um, and we had won, I believe it was two bronze medals and a silver. And then last year, it was back in the U.K., um, we had won, I believe, two gold and three bronze and a silver. Wow. wow. Congratulations. Yeah. That is that is just awesome. And so who, who are the lucky people <laughs> who get to eat all of this cheese? Do you guys sell your cheeses um, only locally, or do you, uh, yeah, what's, what's your biggest market for your cheeses? Okay. Our biggest market is uh, St. Louis. Uh, it's on the eastern side of Missouri, uh, right along the Mississippi River. And we do seven farmer's markets every week. Wow. Then we supply um, a fairly large number of restaurants and country clubs. Um, we also supply cheeses to several wineries. Um, down here in St. Genevieve County, there are quite a number of uh, vineyards and wineries, and so almost all of them serve our cheese in their restaurants or sell it. Um, and then we sell, um, you know, at a lot, like I said, a lot of these farmer's markets, and we really like that avenue because we can educate the consumer about the cheeses. Because, yeah. you know, some of the, the aged cheeses, the, um, the bloomy rinded cheeses and the washed rind cheeses, especially the bloomy rind ones, they're strange looking to most Americans. Yeah. A lot of Midwest people think cheese is supposed to be square and orange. Right. And that's Wisconsin's fault. We love them, <laughs> yeah. but that's, well, they, that's their they fault. They turn their nose up, you know, and <laughs> sometimes I'll tell them, you know what my job is? It's to turn a, a wrinkled up nose into a smile. <laughs> and it's worked many times. But once we explain and educate them about the cheese, why it looks the way it does, and what you do with it, how the cheese will progress um, through the aging process, and 
uh, gain in flavor or consistency. They're intrigued, and once it's in their mouth, they're hooked and they, they love it. And then from there, then they go to the stores and they buy it. They don't have to come to the farmer's market. So those farmer's markets are the springboard for sales in the stores. And it's just it's been overwhelming. Um, we generally sell everything that we can possibly produce. Um, like, say, last week we had a, um, a batch of aged cheese um, that is uh, basically a Telegio recipe. We call it a Cherbourg, and that is a washed rind cheese. Um, we brought it out of aging in the morning on Wednesday, and by 2 o'clock in the afternoon, the whole lot of it was gone, and most of it never left the farm. Wow. wow. That is that is, uh, <laughs> that is the stuff cheesemakers dream of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's been, we've been very blessed. Um, we never dreamed that it would go this far or, you know, the cheeses would be recognized as well as they have been. And do you have, uh, well, how many goats are you milking now? And do you have plans to expand or do you feel happy with the size of your farm? Well, we milk 50, around 50. Um, that's enough work. I put, I put in a lot of hours. <laughs> yeah, I can only but, imagine. Um, we did expand our plant this year, or at least the building. And this, as the fall progresses, we're going to be working on finishing out the addition so that in the spring we will have um, the new section of the plant finished where we can expand our make space and aging. And um, we are thinking of possibly... Um, starting to buy in milk from some other producers. Um, you know, that would, you know, if we do that, that will kind of mess up our farmstead status. But um, it could also but, really bolster the local farm economy, which is fantastic. Yeah. And if, you know, if we use milk other than goat's milk and just use only our goat's milk for cheeses, we can keep that as farmstead, those cheeses. And then anything else bringing in, you know, would just not be labeled farmstead. But right. Um, though that sounds that sounds like it would be a great plan if you yeah. you know a great way to deal with the success that you've had. You know, you can uh, you can help other farmers by buying their milk and maybe make some different cheeses than than you would have been able to otherwise. Yes. Um. Well, that is fantastic. Well, uh, we are out of time. Um. But I'm wondering uh, if people want to learn more about your farm, can you tell us your website so they know they know which direction to go? Sure. It would be www.bagefarms.com. And Beige is spelled B-A-E-T-J-E farms.com. That's correct. Um, well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us, and thank you and your wife for making such beautiful cheeses. Yeah. We are all we are all in your debt. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. We're honored to be on your program. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll be back next week with You're another episode of Cutting, Cutting the, the Curve. Bye. Hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd. Hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby, broadcast live to the cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network.
Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.